Federal budget will be released on April 19, 2021. Enjoy the special presentation featuring Tim Sesnick and Joseph Devaney as they discuss items to watch out for. Recorded March 23, 2021. All right. Well, we are going to get cracking, everybody. And I just wanted to start off by saying hello to you, Tim Sesnick. You're, you're so famous. You're on TV all the time. Uh, you're a columnist for the, for the Globe and Mail. How many books have you written now? About 18, 19? Yeah, it's probably uh, in the upper teens there. I kind of lost track. Um, I'm probably overdue to to write something new sometime soon. But it, you know, yeah. I, I get my I get my writing fix in by uh, writing in the Globe and Mail every week. So that's kind of fun. Oh, that's fantastic. And you know what? That's not your only job. I mean, you're the CEO of Power Family Office Inc. Uh, so that's going to keep you pretty busy. And I believe it's uh, ultra high net worth individuals you do planning and tax for. Is that correct? Yeah, we we uh, we do all kinds of things for uh, six you know affluent families. Uh, everything from investment management to to finan advanced financial planning, tax, estate planning, those kinds of things. We work uh, we work really well with clients, accountants, and lawyers to make sure that all the planning gets done properly. And and uh, uh, yeah, it allows me to to keep my hand enough in tax, but not so much that I have to you know read section eighty point oh one of the tax <laughs> law every every week. <laughs> But it's fun. I, I, I hear you. That That is a pretty neat gig you've got set up. And uh, we definitely uh, do appreciate you coming today. Uh, we're honored to, to have you here, Tim. You're, you're, you're that important. So thank you so much uh, for, for coming here today. And uh, I don't think the timing of this interview could be any more perfect, given that we <laughs> just got a recent announcement that uh, April 19th, 2021, will be our first budget exactly two years after our last budget delivered by Bill Morneau. How about the timing there? It's, you know, yeah, today was uh, the timing of this this uh, recording is actually ideal. Um Perfect. And we're long overdue for a federal budget. I'm not sure many of us are really looking forward to what the budget is going to have to say necessarily, but um, especially those who practice tax and uh, are trying to minimize tax for our clients. But uh, nevertheless, a budget's on the way. So well, and by the way, Joe, I just want to say I, I really appreciate all the work that you do. And um, I've been a longtime subscriber of, of Video Tax News. And so thanks all, all for everything you're doing, because it's it's been great. Oh, well, I appreciate that. But let's get through the hugs. Let's get right into the, the, the hard details here. So, I mean, uh, Tim, you, you've been doing this for a while. You, you've been in the budget lockups. We've had, you know, a number of good chats in there as well. So let's just talk about some of the things that might actually be in the budget. Um, do you want to start off with, do you feel like there's going to be any possibilities of uh, any changes to the principal residence exemption rules? Well, you know, uh, Joe, we, we do know a few things. We do know, first of all, that the federal government has been studying uh, the issue of real estate investment and particularly principal residences. Uh, they actually have spent, I think, about a quarter of a million dollars to on a study that they've um, asked some researchers at UBC to undertake. And basically in that study, they've asked uh, to look at the issue of affordable housing, um, and wealth disparity among Canadians. So clearly the government has got this idea that, um, uh, that real estate is probably one of the greatest stores of wealth that Canadians have been able to accumulate over time. And as, you all, as we all know, uh, with the principal residence exemption being where it is, um, much of those gains may end up being tax-free. Uh, but the government also recognizes there's been abuse in the rules around principal residences. And unfortunately, over the last, you know, well, I won't say decade, it's probably been a lot longer than that. Um, and so, as you probably know, Joe, that there have been changes to the principal residence rules over the course of time. 
and most recently back in 2016 when the government decided to uh, require people to disclose the disposition of principal residences, whereas prior to that we didn't necessarily have to report that. So, you know, they're doing a lot of things uh, to make themselves aware of what kind of real estate transactions are taking place in the country. And I could see the government absolutely uh, moving more towards a U.S. style type of principal residence exemption that may actually not be as lucrative as what we have today. I could see that for sure. So in the United States, we're looking at basically an exemption on the first $250,000 of gains per individual for a couple. We're at $500,000 there. Um, yeah, and, and, and it, well, in addition to that, you know, there's sort of a bright line test there where uh, if you didn't reside in a property for two years out of the last five years, then you may not be entitled to an exemption. So that's the kind of thing that I could see our government doing. And uh, despite the fact that they're, you know, sort of denying that that's going to happen, I think it's only a matter of time probably before something like that happens. Yeah, and I think I think one of the biggest questions about this is what about all those voters in Toronto and Vancouver where all the prices are skyrocketing and, <clears throat> you know, maybe the Liberal Party has quite a few voters in those areas. They don't <laughs> want to introduce anything there that will cause a problem. <clears throat> well, well, you know, it's not going to be popular if the government does change the taxation of principal residents. It's not, you know, it's, it's not going to go over particularly well, uh, I don't think. Um, that may be the one thing that maybe keeps that issue out of this next federal budget, because this budget could could end up being a, um, a, the, the impetus for an election. And if the government, you know, is concerned about um, winning the next election, they may not might not want to touch the principal residence issue. I do think it's, um, you know, it, it, I, I think it's a better than 50% chance that sometime over the next couple of years, we may see a change to the rules. Whether it happens in this budget, I don't know, but it's certainly a possibility. Now let's talk about, uh, let's, let's do a sidestep here. Let's talk about the question that almost yourself, myself, probably every other accountant and financial planner in the country is asked on a daily basis, uh, are they gonna change the 50% capital gains inclusion rate? What are your thoughts? Well, you know, I've often thought, for a long time I've thought now, particularly since um, Biden has won the election in the US, that if the US moves to change their taxation of capital gains, that to increase taxes, and I think it's only a matter of time before we follow suit. So, you know, just to step back, Joe, I think some of our, our listeners might be aware of this, but going back in time, prior to 1972, in terms of history here, there was there were no taxation on, on capital gains prior to 72. And then um, the, cap, the taxation of gains was introduced in that year, and it was at a 50% inclusion rate, um, where it stayed for uh, quite a long time. And then 1988, 89, it bumped up to two thirds. And then in, we saw it bump up to three quarters, uh, the inclusion rate in 1990. And for the better part of the decade of the 1990s, you'll recall that the inclusion rate was at 75%. Now at that time, our debt to GDP ratio in the country was at about 67%. Now, you know, we've been much below that in more recent years in terms of debt to GDP, but because of what's happened with COVID-19, we're at rapidly approaching that again. And in fact, I think, this year, we're going to hit sort of 65%, if I'm not mistaken, as a, as a debt to GDP ratio. So that brings us back to where we were back in the 90s. And so I could see the government looking to increase the tax on capital gains. Uh, the other thing I'm thinking here is that capital gains are by and large uh, considered to be an income of the wealthier, even though you know it's not truly or exclusively a, a, an income of the wealthy. Um, the statistics that I looked up last, and I've got them here in front of me, I believe it was 45% of capital gains are reported by those earning more than $250,000 a year. 
and and so when you you look at it that way, you know, it would be politically probably um, acceptable in the eyes of the government to change taxation of capital gains. Well, it's almost a two birds with one stone deal here. You're targeting the wealthy. You've got your sound bites and you've also got a you know a possibility for generating more cash whether that's true or not well who, who knows we'll have to see and by and by the way i if i'm not mistaken like today's a sort of fortuitous day i believe today was the day that uh news is coming out of the u.s that that the biden government is in fact thinking of changing the taxation of capital gains I just had one of my staff members share that with me. I need to go and look at it. But if that's and, and what I understand is they might be taxing capital gains as regular income, which yeah. would be which would be, you know, surprising, but not impossible. Well, yeah, I mean, I, you know, prior to any announcements in the United States, if we we're talking about a capital gain or, or a sale of an asset within a year, then you'd be taxed at normal rates. So I, I would guess they would just sort of get rid of that one year rule and everything would be hit with the normal rates. Um, yeah, so that would be a pretty big deal. And, and I, likely that would affect what we're doing in Canada as well here. I'm sure. So, I'm sure it would. Yeah. And I think, Tim, just the, the other thing I wanted to mention about this is uh, talking about timing. If on April 19th, they say we're changing the rate uh, for the last few announcements here, any change to the rate has been effective on the date of change. Um, in the past, you know, in, in some of the first few changes, um, you know, there, there was a, a bit of a comment. We're going to change it in the future by a little bit. Um, but I think the Department of Finance has realized that too many games are being played in those scenarios. So I'd expect if there's any changes, it would be effective April 19th. Is that your assumption as well. Yeah, I, I assume that. And in fact, we have uh, we know of many people who are taking steps today to crystallize capital gains at the current rates. Uh, these are people who are thinking of selling something anyway, a particular mm -hmm. piece of real estate or other investment anyway. Uh, so we're seeing a number of people crystallizing gains today. Okay, and, and when you say uh, crystallizing gains, um, are, are you talking about just plain old selling your assets that have capital gains in them or, or something else? Yeah, yeah, uh, you know, particularly where people are going to sell sometime in the next couple of years anyway, uh, we're seeing people now deciding to trigger those gains now uh, before the budget, just in the case uh, the rates are, are do go up in the budget. And I think that's actually probably a more likely change in the budget than, say, a principal residence change. Uh, mm -hmm. But we'll see. Well, we've also, uh, I would like to just uh, shift gears for a moment, um, uh, unless there's something else about capital gains you'd like to mention no. at this point. Uh, That's I'd good. Like to, uh, talk a little bit about wealth tax. I mean, wealth tax, there's been a lot of buzz about uh, wealth tax in, in the last year. I know it was a big part of the uh, NDP platform there, uh, basically looking at, I believe it was a 1% tax uh, for individuals who had net worth of $20 million or more. Um, can you tell me just a little bit about what exactly is a wealth tax and, and what it could look like? Yeah, for sure. So so first of all, uh, a couple of comments I make. First of all, a wealth tax is not it's not the first time that countries have done this before. There are other countries in the world today that, that have wealth tax. And if I were to list some of those for you, they would include Argentina, France, Spain, Netherlands. I've got a list here, Norway, Switzerland, Italy. And interestingly enough, um, some people would say that in British Columbia, we have some semblance of a, of a, a wealth tax. It's, it's on real estate. They call it the, the school tax. And it is a, an additional tax. It's like an additional property tax on properties that are worth more than $3 million. Um, so, but I will say this, that there's a, a smaller or shrinking number of countries in the world that have a wealth tax. And they all, they all approach it a little bit differently. Some countries apply it to total assets, you know, total wealth, if you want to uh, measure it that way. 
some countries like France, for example, uh, two years ago, three years ago now, uh, changed their wealth tax. It only applies to real estate. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's probably an easier uh, store of value to tax than because our municipal tax system is already set up to tax real estate. Um, so it would probably be easier to implement than, say, a, a broader wealth tax that's on all assets. So if I were to sort of, you know, project into the future, if we were, if our government was to introduce some kind of wealth tax, would it be very broad based? I, I don't think so. I think it would probably be more focused on real value of real estate. Um, and it would probably be some kind of an exemption above a certain level of, of, of real estate value. Maybe it's a million dollars, maybe it's a million and a half with some graduated uh, tax after that, whether it's 20 basis points, you know, two tenths of a percent or 40 basis points, which is what we're seeing in BC uh, mm-hmm. for the school tax. Um, we're not sure, but I, I could see that kind of a tax being popular. Yeah, I mean, in, in the United States, they, they have a, an estate tax. So upon death, you take a look at, you know, how much wealth you've basically accumulated. And it is essentially like a one-time wealth tax. Um, this would be sort of like an annual version of an estate tax there with hopefully higher exemptions, lower thresholds, a little bit more simplicity to it. Uh, so we'll, we'll have to see exactly what that means. Now, Tim, the other thing I wanted to, to ask you about here, um, the, the, the purchase of, for example, a very expensive uh, vehicle or a luxury type item, putting a tax on that, um, that would be a luxury tax, right? Not a wealth tax? Yeah, that would be a, a tax on spending, not a tax on assets. Uh, wealth taxes are typically taxes on assets, but tax on spending um, is also something I think we could see. Uh, we, we, we have... Uh, the HST, GST, HST right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and as you probably recall, most people would recall that it was actually 2% higher back in 2008 and, and, and prior. It would be very uh, you know, easy to see the government bumping up that, that uh, tax rate again on spending. And maybe, maybe it applies to luxury items um, or a separate tax applies to luxury items. It would not be difficult for the government to implement a tax like that. So you just basically take the take the same infrastructure, but just apply a multi a different rate to certain types of items. That's what you're talking about. Yeah, it would it would almost be an extension of the current GST HST regime. Right. Um, you know, you just but you apply maybe a certain rate to certain types of um, you know rather than being zero rated, you have a a ten percent rated item or something like that, right? Yeah, that's right. We've already got a system in place where you can determine whether you have to collect and pay tax on it or not. So we've got sort of two stages, yes or no. This would just be a yes plus whatever. That's what we're talking about here. Okay. So yeah. So I think the worst of all possible worlds is all of these things happen. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, what do you think the chances of them actually implementing something like a wealth tax would be? I mean, we know the NDP just proposed the bill where they wanted to actually introduce a wealth tax right now. And, it, you know, it, it obviously didn't get the momentum needed to actually get through because I presume if the Liberals wanted to do it, they'd probably want to put it under their own name with support from the yeah. NDP. So a bit of a political thing. But do you think there's actually a chance of a wealth tax in the near future? I I think that there is a likelihood of either a wealth tax or an increase in the taxation of principal residences. I, I don't know that it's going to be both because I, I see both as primarily being taxes on real estate uh, for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so which would be easier for the government to implement? Well, certainly a wealth tax would probably generate more revenue more regularly. And so mm-hmm. I, I could definitely see that. It's, it's just merely an extension of your typical municipal property taxes. So I, I could see that happening. I think, you know, I still think the principal residence rules are going to change at some point in the future. But um, if you're talking about generating more revenue more quickly, um, the wealth tax might be the way to go. And it, it 
it would be perceived, I think, if the government positioned it properly as a wealth a tax on the wealthy, and that you know, I don't know if they call it a wealth tax, but that that assumes you have some wealth. Uh, so it may not actually be, um, you know, something that that's controversial in the minds of the average Canadian. Okay. Uh, okay. Well, well, thank you for that, uh, Tim. Are there any other sort of angles that you think, uh, you know, could be touched on or, or hit with this budget as it comes up? Well, yeah, I, I'm, I hope some of these other things won't happen, but I, I, I could see a situation right. where I think I lost um, you there for a second. I, I could see. Oh. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah, Sorry. Right, you're good now. So my apologies. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I could see some additional tweaking to the rules. The government has already uh, focused, as you know, on closing what they call loopholes. Um, and they have no doubt another list of those that they're trying to go after. Obviously, stock options is one area they've, they've touched on. Who knows whether the estate freeze, whether family trusts um, are going to be touched in the next federal budget. Um, but I think I think uh, everything is open. It's open season on everything right now, unfortunately. So I, I think we will see some changes. I'm just not sure exactly what that will look like. We'll find out shortly. Oh, well, we do not have too long to wait. Uh, just under a month from there. We know from the, the comments today from Minister Friedland uh, that they look like there's going to put a, put a little bit of a focus on uh, helping women get back into the workforce uh, because we know that they've been uh, more negatively affected. And also uh, looking at some promises related to uh, child care um, to, to, to help out with that. So, so some fun, uh, spending type of promises at this point, but where the cuts are, well, that's the, that'll be the big surprise. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, yeah. So is there, is there anything else you want to mention about that at all at this point? I think that covers the, the key stuff, Joe, uh, that I'm thinking about as far as the budget goes. Um, you know, okay. I, yeah, I think that covers most of it. Okay, excellent. So I just wanted to uh, send you a huge thank you for coming out, sharing your information with us on such a busy day. Uh, hopefully we'll be able to connect over the next month or so uh, just to sort of see what happens. Uh, but in the meantime, you've now got the lowdown from Tim Sasnick. Uh, thank you very much, Tim. Thanks, Joe. The Video Tax News team has been providing Canadian professionals with practical tax information for over 30 years. Subscribe to one of our tax newsletters or join us as we present live and online seminars relating to both personal and corporate tax. For more details, visit www.videotax.com. The preceding information is for general informational purposes only and deals with dynamic, time-sensitive, and complex matters that may not apply to particular facts and circumstances. Information provided should not be relied upon as a substitute for specialized professional advice in connection with any particular matter. For more details, see videotax.com slash disclaimer.